Hi, my name is Kyle, and welcome to the Grey Matters podcast produced by Richards Partners. Each episode will be hosted by Brian Richards, who will be joined by Scott Wallace. Between them is about 60 years of experience in strategy, design, and advertising. Joining them in other episodes down the line will be a variety of industry experts, thought leaders, designers, and strategists, all sharing their experience, expertise, and gray matter for your learnings. Marketing just isn't as effective as it used to be. As digital technology matures alongside the generations who grew up with it, more and more brands are finding it difficult getting a message to cut through the clutter. Whilst effective in the past, the crowded and fragmented media landscape of today makes the average marketer's job substantially more difficult than it used to be. People now curate their own consumption and only see what they want to see. But old habits die hard. Agencies still covet the prestigious 30-second TV spot and continue to seek the biggest billboards for their campaigns. Today on the Grey Matters podcast, Brian and Scott discuss 10 ways to make your marketing money go further and why you want Jack Russells on your team as opposed to Labradors. From Richard's Partners, this is the Grey Matters Podcast, exploring the grey areas in business, branding, strategy, and design. Here are your hosts, Brian Richards and Scott Wallace. Good morning, Scott. Hey, Brian. How are you doing? I'm great. Look, this is going to be... Uh, uh, I'm a bit worried this morning that this could be an unpleasant podcast you know, we've got to be constructive, but I'm concerned about your swearing. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just a bit worried that we might have to put out an R18 ears only notice type message because do you think you can behave? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, think, don't, I don't swear that much. Yeah, I think, well, the point is, uh, for you know, uh, can we behave inside the boundary as reasonable men? Yeah, I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the important thing is we don't want to sound like two old farts yeah. ranting and raving and saying we're all doomed because... <laughs> Um, I, I think people need to go and speak to my mum and her friends at Rafferty Estate, that beautiful village in Rimuera, because when I tell them about COVID and everything that's going on, they just look at me and with this look on their face, it's like, why don't you grow a pair? And I think that's a lesson for the whole country. <laughs> I think that's wonderful because they're all war brides and they live through depressions and God knows what, you know. Yeah, they've um, seen so much in their lives yeah. that this is just another little yeah. speed bump along yeah. the way. I think that brings up the point that, you know, currently we're... We, we run the risk of, of actually becoming a nanny state led by health and safety officers. Uh, you know, we've got an e- economy that's gasping for breath. Um, and, and to some extent, a demoralised workforce that are terrified of catching a chill. And we've got to get over this, right? Couldn't agree more. There was a, a, a CEO of a leading company on the radio this morning. He sounds like a beaten man. He's like, it's like he's <laughs> given up. It's like, we've got to get over this despondency. We've just got to say, we've got to fight, but we're man enough to, to take on this battle and, and, and beat this thing. That's, yeah. that's what's important. Yeah, I think the thing is that there are talk fests all over town at present, journalists reporting on visions, supposed experts commenting generically, but there's still no detail, and often it's very self-serving. Yeah, well, also we're hungry for media, aren't we? We just 
Yeah. Anyone who's got something to say, all of us want to listen. But. Yeah, and there's all sorts of recipes for change. Many will probably, you know, nail a fresh set of words on the wall, announce that they're people that's all going to be different, but they'll just simply return to the same old thing. Yeah, well, we hope so. Yeah. We certainly need them to get get out and spend some money, that's that's for sure. Yeah. I think recipes for change is, a, is an interesting expression, but it needs better ingredients, of course, going into the future. And, and I see few route maps you know, spare the word pivot for Christ's sake here, Scott, because the best, the first one that uses it in this bloody expression is going to have to buy lunch. Well, I'm not planning to. Okay. And look, I, right. I, admire for, I admire Jacinda for the way she communicated with the country through the whole COVID-19 crisis. What I would say now, though, is why have you stopped communicating, Jacinda? Why aren't you now telling us what the vision is for the economy? Because that's what is worrying everyone. And, um, you know, if you use the rugby analogy, which... Um, I don't want to do, but I'm going to. It's lo- like when you're looking at the opposition and it's like the biggest, most professional team you've ever seen and you're a s- small bunch of unprofessionals, you don't, you don't say to yourself, oh, no, that, that we're beaten already. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what you do is you go and take the fight to them. If they beat you, at least you've fought. Yeah. And I think that's what we all need to do. We need to pull yeah. the boots on and just go out on that field and play as best we can because yeah. there's no disgrace in that. Mm. And everybody's got to get on the same train. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I mean, I didn't like the announcement last week from the Air New Zealand people in the sense that they said they had 800 days to go. Uh, they told <laughs> us it, they began with their expression saying looking into the ditch and they called it survive. Then the second stage was uh, now we're in the ditch, this is what we're going to have to do to revive. And thirdly, uh, finally, in three years' time, they're going to be able to thrive. And it just seems to me, you know, uh, you know why do you tell that story that way to people? I'm not saying you spin things out, but... The question is, there was not a lot of confidence in Air New Zealand's announcement about their change that they're heading into now. Yeah, and I, well, I, I also didn't like the fact that they announced that they put out that email at 4pm on a Friday. And every HR manager will say to you, if you're going to give people bad news, you don't do it at the end of the week because it sends them away to the weekend full of uncertainty and, and, and they're, 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 yeah. they're terrified. Mm. Mm. And yeah, I, th- I think that was bad. And, I, it, and the survive, revive, thrive thing, it was almost like they spent more time thinking up three words that, that rhymed and was catchy rather than actually facing the real issues. Yeah. Look, things are bad, they're going to get worse. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take longer than we think to get out of this hole, but hmm. um, if we're positive, yeah. if we're positive, like, we can win this battle, I've got no doubt. Yeah, I think that the Air New Zealand brand is significantly about people and their wonderful unpretentious courtesy, which I've always loved. I think it's going to be harmed in a major way um, unless they do something fairly quickly. But uh, it'll be a long time before internal morale and trust can be rebuilt to create this sort of state of mind that we've always enjoyed as passengers um, and frequent travellers. Yeah, what I'm most enjoying reading about is airlines and, and the cruise ships because that's, those industries have been booming. And who would have thought overnight their business has been completely destroyed? Yeah. But I have to believe that smart people would look at those companies and their assets and their ships and their planes and all those people and all those pilots and think, well, we've got all of this. What can we do with it? Yeah. I mean, the world still needs freight delivered and it's, um, New Zealanders are desperate to travel. You know, there's a big rugby game on Sunday afternoon between the Hurricanes and the Blues, and why, why can't any New Zealand say, well, hey, all you Hurricanes fans in Wellington, why don't we put on some flights and you come to Eden Park and we'll fill the stadium and 
will have the greatest game of rugby we've, we've seen in a long, long time. Probably their systems don't react that quickly, though. You know? uh, well, that's the problem. Yeah. I think we're going to talk through this podcast about how, yeah. how fast-moving people need to be. They need yeah. to be nimble and do things and try things and yep. because that's the way we're going to win. Yep. Stop listening to the accountants who are saying we can't afford it. Yeah, which it's is a basically the point needs to be you can't afford not to do it. Yeah, well, the Air New Zealand announcement sounds as if it's about the P&L account, not the public. And I'm not suggesting you spin the words as far as they're concerned, but why not begin about the world, where the world's going, what travel will look like in the years ahead, uh, and how they're going to readjust their whole approach and, and perhaps you know go to less destinations but in greater style or, or, or skills, etc. So they mention a digital being, being a major force of their transformation, but it's not enough. It's still about people. I think that's a big admission in what they're saying to us now. That's right. That's right. And I, I think every business needs to be thinking, what, how do we transform our business right now? We've got the time, the opportunity. We might not be flying our planes, but we can at least think about how we're going to fly them and why we're going to be a better airline and a more robust airline in, in the future. Yeah, I think if you think about uh, a company like a train with many carriages, with different disciplines along the, along the train, of course, um, you've got to get everybody heading hopefully in the right direction. So the way in which you talk to people about transformation and the kind of future that they can enjoy is really important. Yeah, and I think the best thing working with, with you, Brian, is I've, I, I'm really enjoying the fact that we're talking to senior people and we can be honest with those people. And when you're honest with senior people, you get things done. I think too often uh, in a recent presentation comes to mind where we spoke to some junior people and we basically wasted an hour, didn't we? We did. Uh, because it seems to me like the marketing carriage is not part of this train you're talking about. It's almost like the train went and left the station 10 years ago and the marketing carriage got left behind. Well, you know, that's a good point because it slipped down the agenda in our nation's boardroom, sadly, the topic of marketing in order of importance. And I think it's because of its inaccuracies and, and the kind of fudge that goes into the topic. Well, it's become a bit airy-fairy and you can see why people now call it the colouring in department because <laughs> if you want something coloured in, you go down the hallway to marketing and they'll, they'll colour it in very nicely, That's but it right. won't make, make, make any difference to the so business. So you're saying it currently smells because it's, it's got effusive claims and snazzy rhetoric. It's become the most distrusted tool in the bag, really. That's yeah, a bit scary. and I think mm -hmm. if you're a chief executive and the marketing head of marketing comes to your door and comes in, and you sort of you can get a sense they're almost the CEO is almost starting to roll roll their eyes now because the marketing people they've got research coming out their ears, they've got big time award winning agencies telling them what to do and telling them what they they what what they can't afford not to do. Yeah, you've got when you whereas you've got the board breathing down your neck. <laughs> You've got shareholders <laughs> thinking, where, where are our returns? What's happened to our dividend? You've got a rapidly shrinking market. Yeah. Marketing just doesn't seem to be on the same page as the, yeah. as the rest of the business, and it needs to be. It needs yeah. to have a good long look at itself and saying, where and why did we lose relevance? Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're, if you're a chief executive, then the scientists, the engineers, the accountants, the technologists in your business are all accountable directly for what they do, whereas the marketers are down the hall with this snazzy story. But, you know, it's quite hard mm -hmm. to favour them if you are listening to people that are much more accurate in what they deliver. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got... I think the thing, the thing that's important, really, for us is that, of course, you have to listen and hear the team out. Um, it doesn't feel right. It's a very lonely spot if you're acting as a chief executive. 
you're, you're sitting there thinking, hell, I'm not even sure I need a marketing department at this particular <laughs> time, you know? And, and this guy's sitting on my soft sofa telling me with all the lovely rhetoric and the designer jeans that this is going to be a great thing for us. And, but then the next, count, the next person coming in for the next appointment is the accountant who's saying, I can't afford it, right? Yeah. And yeah. so you've got this terrible bloody challenge of, of, of tension of opposites. Well, I mean, we're not here to pick on Air New Zealand today, but their story is a very current one and a, and a big story, of course. But they put out, put out a work, three very senior executives, and one of them was the head of marketing. <laughs> it's probably been there 20 years. Yeah. And the poor guy said, oh, you know, thanks, you're no longer needed. So that probably plays to your point. Yeah. I think eight out of ten companies today, right across the globe, every week at the moment, they must be facing the same challenge. The CEO sitting there with his team thinking, what do I do? Do I hunker down or market my way out of the ditch? Yeah, and I think we need to, companies need to move, move on from more of the same. I mean, too much has been like, we'll do more research. Yeah. <laughs> like too many marketing people's, their only decision each day is to what research to do, which yeah. is basically saying, I can't make a decision. And the only decision I'll make is to do some research, and hopefully that'll help me make a decision, but it'll, le- it'll at least keep me busy. You know, more research, more agency meetings, big TV production when yeah. people aren't watching TV. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but, you know, earlier on this week we had a Zoom meeting, if you remember. I won't, present company accepted, I won't mm. talk about who, but we, we've looked in on some team members of a particular major group, and I kind of felt that we'd put such a lot of effort into the work we were, uh, we were going to do with these people. But we were dealing at relatively junior levels, and, and they were a bit like the docile Labradors at their feet. You know, they sat there at the Zoom call, and, and we'd made a lot of effort to think through their particular needs and wants and what we could help them with, etc. Um, and they just said, oh, we're still gathering more information, we're holding more meetings, I'm not sure... Um, you know, the whole challenge, I felt, I felt quite deflated at the know, end of that know. meeting, you know? Yeah, I, know. I was trying to be enthusiastic. I know, I know. you made you know? that quite clear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like Labradors. They're just thinking, where's my next feed coming yeah. from? Not. Yeah, I mean, they're lovable <laughs> not, dogs. They weren't going out to hunt for anything, they're, were they? They're, they were very, they're very lovable dogs. Just waiting for a plate of food to be put yeah, in front but, of them. But if you're a CEO these days, you're going to be looking around for the Jack Russells, not the Labradors, aren't you, in your team? You know, oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. These are the, Absolutely. Who are the terriers in your team, the ones with real energy? You know, they may well have less experience, but they move faster and are prepared to try things rather than listen for counter-argument or hold more meetings and commission more focus groups. Yeah, that's right. They, they, those are the people you keep, the Jack Russells, no, yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah. So if, it, it, you see, marketing is now immediate, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's become highly complicated. I mean... That's right. Um, what marketing is essentially doing now is trying to figure out where's the audience gone because yeah. <laughs> uh, whereas you used to force your message on, on, onto people, now people have said, oh, I, I don't want to hear your message and they've all sort of disappeared and dissipated. Yeah. And yeah, there's an important um, thing to do is like become more nimble, become like a tap dancer and, and um, just find your people, make sure you've got a great website Make sure your social digital marketing's up to spec and really on its game, and that you're like constantly changing um, how people see what your brand's got to say. Yeah, this it's just it's, we've got to be faster, we've got to be more nimble, we've got to be more responsive, and we've just constantly got to engage with customers because 
they're not engaging with us any longer. <laughs> it doesn't sound like a Labrador, though, does it? <laughs> no, no. So, so I mean, if you're a Labrador marketer, you'll never get to that stuff you're talking about. You'll prefer to have a big campaign organised by your agency, big lunch to follow, all that, elaborate brochures, trade shows, conferences for your dealers. And God, those boring golf days. Oh, yes, 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 yeah, and you head off to the awards evenings yeah, and, like, yeah, and God, get, a little, get a little trophy oh, and go home thinking, me, how clever am I? If we have to go to another industry award dinner sponsored by a client with all those people jumping up and down and receiving ghastly trophies, you know, saying I'm better than you and drinking too much, of course, spare me. I'm actually over it now. It's been years. I've been, I've been to lots of them, right? But that's not the issue uh, of being over it. The world is over it as well. You know, I think that much of it is a complete waste of money and that anointing oneself was, has nothing to do with the customer. Mm, mm, yeah. yeah, my last, last job, I think they looked at me quite dimly because I didn't want to go to industry functions at night and I thought well why would I I see you people all week all day I'm sick of you I'd rather go home to my beautiful wife and have a glass of wine with her than spend more time with you flunkies yeah yeah uh, yeah and look I think marketing's one thing but on the sales side it's um it's got to be no different I mean um just to, to the listeners out we're out there Brian and I virtually every day we get emails from companies and we're just appalled that none of them have changed um their wording, their language, their, none of them are taking uh, taking any heed of what's happened to yeah. life. I mean, we get all of these emails from car <laughs> companies still trying to sell us a car, and you go, well, no one's thinking of buying a car. Yeah. It's like you need to be thinking about what people are going through. They're worried about their job security. They're yeah. worried about their income security. They're thinking about paying the mortgage. Yeah. Like a car, a new car is way down the list. Yeah. And you'd think if you were a clever marketing person, marketing, you know, luxury cars or whatever, you'd, you'd be inviting people into your showroom who are small to medium type people that buy your cars and, and running a webinar on how to revive their business or something like that. To, you know, it's nothing to do with items, it's about outcomes. And when, once that outcome of confidence is built back, then they'll buy the car. You know? Yeah, that's right, that's right. So, look, why don't we get on to those um, those 10 key things we're going to talk about, this to yeah, how right. to make your marketing money go further. That's we better right. do that, otherwise I we'll be here for a long time. We'll be ranting on as usual. Why, but don't anyway, you, why don't you tackle number one? I think number one is review, review everything damn quickly and don't stuff about. So that means... Just back to my yeah, point about nimbleness, right? It is. It, Quick, it, yeah. let's get on with it. It is certainly a time to review everything, from people to products to brands to plans. Where do you make your money? Where do you lose it? Which product category promises the best margin? Is the world changing in terms of consumption habits? Is your product and its accompanying brand story offering the right thing, keeping up with consumers' tastes, all that kind of thing? You, you may be flogging a dead horse or better, a sacred cow. Um, that should be a dead horse, if you know the point. So get rid of it. Sell it to a Labrador competitor. <laughs> You're better off to reduce the revenue line and reach a much higher margin. Above all, be bold and don't stuff about. The next year, the next year's time to, the next year is time to consolidate your product and service offering, build new products and services with what I call Jack Russell teams to mm. be launched in your second year. That's what you've got to do. You the next 12 Jack. months, you know. You love sort your Jack your team Russells, out. don't you? Well, I think they're little terriers. They, <laughs> they bother people and they jump up your legs and God knows what. And that's what you've got to have in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. You don't want Labrador sitting around your board table or sitting around your marketing team who are doing more bloody research and more stuff, you know? Yeah, I reckon uh, you're right. I reckon you need um, yes people yeah. and not the no people. I'm, uh, 
you don't you don't want the plotters, the people who commission lots of research and fiddle with minor packaging changes. You want the people who are positive. You keep those, yep. and unfortunately, you've got to lose the negative souls. Yeah. And you know, people are your biggest cost usually, so they also should be the source of your biggest gain. Yeah, and I think at risk of uh, uh, you know of criticising ourselves here, there are too many people in the business consulting industry with yet another technique. You know, agile design thinking, programmatic marketing. The list is endless these days and growing rapidly out of every university business school. You know. But unfortunately, although many of these techniques are very useful, these programs are used far too widely inside companies trying to coach Labradors. Again, I'm on about Labradors yeah, at the moment. Yeah, you know I'm a page yeah. ahead of you, don't you? Um, yeah, <laughs> who, will never, who will never chase a rabbit, right? You, you need to focus on your core team, as you said, right? Mm -hmm. So people is absolutely vital. Don't stuff around, sort them out, and make sure you've got the best thinkers around you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, so let's move on to number uh, number two because we little, went a little bit off track there, but that's okay. not yeah. something people who know us will, yeah. will expect. That <laughs> we're, we're great at tangents. You just know before, anyway. just before, just before we go to number two, I love that quote from Oscar oh, Wilde, yeah. who, who so rightly said that the best way to appreciate your job <laughs> is to imagine yourself without oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I know, it's not, sort of not that funny, but <laughs> I see your point. Anyway, number two, and what are we talking about? Well, if this oh, yeah, how to make your money go further. <laughs> yeah. uh, number two um, is, like, figure out which of your customers really love you. Yeah. Because uh, they're important. You have them, they love you, they're the best people to spend your money on. Mm -hmm. So communicate with them efficiently and effectively as you can because what you used to do in mainstream media, you should be able to achieve the same same results in digital. Yeah. You know, this is what we're doing for um, for that uh, retirement village in Remuera, aren't yeah. we? We've said, hey, why are you spending money on the Herald and News Talk ZB? And when, like, your target market, your best customers is within eight kilometres of the village. Yeah. So why are you why have you gone to mass media when you can use? digital media to find these people. And you could probably halve their costs, I would think. I'm sure we have. Point of view. I'm sure we have. And yeah. you can use suburban media just yeah. to be have the message right in their faces right in their faces as they're, as they're, as they're yeah. driving around yeah. Remuera and yeah. Newmarket Greenland. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and you know the, the, the next point 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 three is is love those customers to death, the ones that love you, right? Sure. Look after them, right? Like the frequent flyers within well, New Zealand. Well, right? you know, I do think that the Coru service was great, but actually it was given birth to by ANSET years ago. <laughs> well, that was a, that uh, was a really good And I can one. remember feeling incredibly special when ANSET came out. Can you? Well, I was actually responsible for Air New Zealand domestic marketing and ANSET just crucified us. We didn't know which way to turn. They're right. Because they took everything away. They had better planes, younger staff, uh, uh, lovely lounges, the Golden Wing Lounge, remember? Yeah, yeah. And they had a wonderful campaign, which was whatever problem you might have when you're flying, mm -hmm. ANSET's there to help. Mm. Remember that have it was, the, the guy, it was. the businessman who turned up and he had the cat. That's right. He had the yeah, cat yeah, in the yeah, car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my wife actually got to ANSET one afternoon and couldn't open the boot on her car to get her bag out. Yeah, yeah. So she went into ANSET and she said, "Oh, excuse me, you know, in your mm. TV campaigns, mm. say, they say <laughs> I've got a problem." Yeah. And she said, "Well, I've got a problem," and they helped her. They yeah. were phenomenal. I think that you know, if you do those kinds of things well, and and that th those that loved you pre-pandemic will love you now, but it's much more immediate. That's really the key thing is that love them to death. Everything a brand does sends a message. People share their frustration with friends on social media if mm. they've got a complaint. So if you want to look 
like you are in financial trouble, then act that way. If you cut things back and say you can't have your refunds or you can't do this, you can't do that. Yeah, that's right. If I, I've made the point here. If you want to close your business, start closing your business. That's right. Um, again, Lou went out to, to fly to Wellington and valet parking was closed, the Coro Club closed. Yeah. Goes, well, what's going on here? People yeah. are still flying. Why are you closing those those thing I, those services that I love about the airline. Yeah, yeah. And I think the message about loving people to death is never lose hope and don't let them feel that it's a hopeless circumstance, right? People, you, we're all human beings, we're all trying to get the certain thing together. If you have got to tailor your service accordingly, people will understand that. That's right. Won't they? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, as yeah. we make the point, if you're going to fight your way out of the crisis, that's your only option. That's right. And number four is, um, so identify your best customers, love them to death, and point four is only spend money on them. Yeah. Um, and uh, I make the point here: if you want to, if you want to make people feel jittery about the viability of your business, then start by acting jittery yourself. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you want to send the wrong message. Yeah. Um, or you look like a sort of a doubtful Labrador, you know. That's right. Hanging around. You know? Confidence begets confidence. So yeah. act accordingly. Like the old analogy of never let the bastard see you blink. That's right. right? That's right. Yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> anyway, number five. What? I think this is about don't, don't, you know, Spend it all at once. Be very careful how you plan your marketing dollar in the next uh, you know, year or two. This might be a contradiction to the last point, but try hard to, 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 to find free mentions for your message. Talk about your service in a wider context. News placement, being around your product, associations with other companies, you know, collaborative uh, campaigns and that kind of thing. You can actually spend the dollar a lot further by association, if you're careful. And I think the media is desperate for good news stories. And if you package your story up as a good news yeah. story, they should pick it up and run it and yeah. run it for free. That's our point there. That's right. So, I mean, there's two points there. Spend more if you can. Yeah. That's sort of, I know it's a big ask. Sometimes you think, oh, yeah, there's the marketing department saying yeah. Yeah. we should spend more. Or don't spend at all. Try and get, try and get as much free airtime as you yeah. can. And spend it carefully because as you've got your culture shifting into this new kind of agile behaviour, if you overspend at the front end, the service won't be there anyway. So you've got to be really careful how you inch forward. Yeah. You know, because yep. you've got to take your culture with them. Mm-hmm. Point seven is that people need need to be smarter with the media. Yeah. It's really time to interrogate your media selections because the the fat has gone out of every business. So you've got to use the most efficient media you can. Remove the wastage. My point earlier about suburban media instead of yeah. uh, instead of city-wide yeah. media. Like define where your people are, and get the message to the right the right people. Yeah, and I just think you know this new technique of programmatic marketing, which is highly scientific in terms of media planning, great for big cities and big places around the world. But for New Zealand, I'm not so sure. Mm, well, the numbers don't stack up, and yeah, yeah our our digital experts is um, the market is not big enough here to make yeah programmatic marketing really a robust yeah. um, safe tool yeah so look I think this point seven here what can you do online is it is, is something oh, we point eight. Just, yeah point eight is it oh, sorry yeah, I've got yeah. the wrong numbers here. <laughs> okay um, so um, you know picking up on last the example you know, we're putting out a lot of focus on digital and social which is inexpensive but it's, it's also measurable and flexible and it keeps giving. I mean, just for example, these podcasts, I've been surprised who's opened them and looked at them, mm. and many times they've looked at them. Oh. We've had a number of great comments back. 
which I, I which was people I hadn't seen for many years, etc. So yeah, no, it's it's awesome. And um, I know when when you present um, a digital and social media plan, the clients love it because the the spend the spend can be quite small, yeah, uh, quite modest. But the measurability is incredible. You know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. And there's this lovely thing that um, our digital guys is, is getting for our clients, these marketing qualified leads. Okay. And, you know, it's lead generation through yeah. the website. Yeah. And we, we get people, we get the right people, hopefully we get their contact information, and then we just continually get a message to them to a point where hopefully we get them across the line yeah, and, they, I, and they sign a deal. That brings up the next point, which is the... It, being smarter with your production, in other words, the way in which you communicate, the, whether you're using commercials or TV or motion or whatever you're using it, right? Yep. Is, is to me, I think there's a lot of very poor material out there that's expensively produced. And there's a lot of material now from photo libraries and various places like that and footage you can buy in relatively inexpensive. But you need to have a very strong storyline which is clean and crisp and poignant and very much with human insights involved in it, of course. But you're fighting for eyeballs, and the quality of what you do needs to be very high. Yeah, and I think I mentioned Ram Trucks, yeah. their Super Bowl commercial in the last podcast, and I'll keep mentioning it until people, I'm convinced people have watched it. But you go on YouTube, um, look, search for Ram Trucks Super Bowl commercial. It's probably two years old now, but it shows you that a very compelling piece of communication can be produced. Hmm. Without the big, um, the, without the big movie shoot, yeah, you can do it with uh, still photography, beautiful images, and just little digital enhancements and some animation made. So it almost feels like it's 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 live TV. And you know, the thing we've done this last two weeks, if you recall, we've written two major master stories for brands, and we've also broken them down into a matrix of messages for specific segmented audiences. And I think that's also very valuable. So in one case, it was a scientific and technical engineering project, oh, which yeah, okay. Kyle helped us with. Mm -hmm. We broke the messages down, said, who are we talking to, et cetera. In another case, it's, it's in the healthcare sector as well. So, you know, kind of, are you talking to doctors or who are you talking to, et cetera. So making, the, you know, having an overarching ethos for your company and story and vision, breaking it into key messages which are meaningful is really very important as well. Yeah, and like uh, point 10, and... Um uh, I'll recap on these after this and then you can close the podcast, Brian, yeah, so I'll yeah. give you some time to think about that. But point 10 is, uh, and this is the point about how to make the most of your marketing money, is like test, measure and adapt. Mm -hmm. And again, focus your efforts on media that you can measure, try things, be nimble, figure it out. If it works, it works, keep doing it, uh, but be ready to adapt and learn and change. Just do and learn. If I go back, so our 10 key points about making the most of your money is review everything damn quickly, don't stuff about, and that's find, find a yes people, keep them, um, find the no people, unfortunately they'll become casualties of this. Point two was uh, identify your best customers, the ones who really love you. Point three was love them to death. Point four, only spend money on them. Point five, spend more if you can, or conversely, a little bit of a contradiction. First of all, don't try not to spend at all. There's free media out there and they'll be amenable to the right positive message. Point seven, be smarter with your media. 
Point eight, what can you do online? Point nine, be smarter with your production. And point ten, test, measure and adapt. Yeah. Easy as that. It is. And what you've just said, Scott, is you know, marketing needs to be smarter. It needs to renew its relevance in a modern age. And it's been behind the times, we know that. Companies need new ideas now more than ever, right, to actually work on things that are tangible and they need to be vital to how they produce them, they need the tools inside their business to revive them, etc. Um, and as much as I love Labrador dogs, hopefully you won't offend anybody out there that's got a Labrador, etc. I'd say leave, leave them on the sofa, right? Okay. <laughs> you know, They'll be happy. What you need is these Jack Russell types in your business who are really pushing very hard to transform your business, etc. Dare I say, you know, they talk about how can you get this company to, to pivot in a new direction. That's really critical. That's the word we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, now. that's awesome. You owe me lunch. Oh, bugger. You have been listening to the Grey Matters podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Richards Partners, a strategy and design agency based in Auckland, New Zealand. For a summary of the points covered on this episode on marketing, find us online at richards.partners/thoughts. If you like this podcast, please feel free to share it with anyone who might find it helpful. If you have any questions, comments, ideas for future episodes, or if you'd like help getting your marketing money to go further, please get in touch with us at brand at richards.partners. Thank you again for listening and look out for more episodes in the near future. Until then, best wishes.